I think people underestimate how good of shape you have to be in to play professional basketball. If he, can, if he can come in and keep in the fight and not get knocked out, we would have a chance. But if Jake Paul comes in heavy and Nate doesn't know how to defend himself, it might get ugly fast. Ask me the question about the thing that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, yes. So you went to an alien convention. This, right? Is that what it was? An alien convention? Yeah, that's what you said you were going to talk to me about. And then we never, you never did. You just kept it in an open loop. <clears throat> yeah. So I think at the last podcast, didn't we say that I was going to see a speaker Right about an alien, he got abducted. Yeah, did I? T I think I'm pretty sure I told the story of basically what happened. Right, uh, this, anyways, this guy named Travis Walton was working as a forester, cutting down trees in the forests in northern Arizona, and it was like him and his crew of like seven foresters in a truck, and uh, they come up to a clearing as they're going home for the day, and they see this flying saucer, and his first instinct is to run out of the truck and run towards the flying saucer. And apparently he said in during this interview that um, <laughs> apparently he was just full of testosterone and like really just had that, that energy to go and like, if you are fight or flight, he'll just run at you and fight. And uh, apparently um, he had run at a bear like two weeks before that. So Jesus. yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, he runs at the flying saucer and basically it beams them and fucking just, electrocutes him like a lightning bolt and he just gets flung off like tw 10 20 feet away his friends freak out drive off and they're like oh shit we should probably go back for him and then apparently as they're going back they see the flying saucer zip off like that and uh uh they go back and look for travis and he's gone and uh they go back into town they tell the police and whatnot and the the whole town everybody thinks that they murdered him and so they're all taking lie detector tests because they thought that, hey, we they, these guys fucking made up a story after they killed this motherfucker and dropped his body in the forest. And uh, so then five days later, Travis Walton comes stumbling out of the fucking woods. And anyways, this is the recollection of his story. And I'll be honest, the interviewer of this, uh, and if any of those people are watching, what's up? Because it's a little club. They meet like once a month. And anyways, you just pay $20 to show up to this MUFON meeting. And um, so the interviewer, I think, is one of the main people at the MUFON. He was so bad at interviewing. I was like, bro, put the microphone down. Let me come up and I'll ask them motherfucking questions. Because I really wanted to get this guy on the podcast. This kind of why I went because I was like I might get the chance to meet him like how many people are going to show up to an alien convention move on club monthly club meeting and, and like make it to where it's so like non-intimate that I can't talk to the guy and so I knew I was going to get my chance to talk to this guy uh so anyways he's on top of the stage and the interviewer just had list of prepared questions and half the questions had nothing to do with the fucking story itself the interview sucked but i knew enough of his story and yeah basically is it pretty much what i knew so anyways comes stumbling out of the fucking forest and he's like calls his fucking brother and is like hey i'm travis come pick me up um and he was super traumatized from the whole experience i think that's what i got out of the interview he it was a lot of trauma um and he basically told them yeah, I was on the fucking UF, the, this flying saucer, and there was these short 
three, four foot tall beings that looked like just aliens with big gray heads and big fucking beady eyes. And he said he was like laying on a table and in retrospect, cause this is 45 years ago, it was in the seventies. And he basically said in retrospect, uh, he just wishes this whole thing never happened to him. He's just like, doesn't apparently just isn't happy with the way it affected his life as far as the whole media and everything. Cause this was such big news at the time. Cause these guys were in the news for murder. Now he stumbles out of the woods. He really was abducted by an alien. What the fuck, you know? And, um, uh, apparently what happened was he, when he was on the ship, uh, he, he, when he realized that he was on a table, it was just like, at first he thought he was in the hospital, but he basically, uh, just got up off the table and he was hurt cause he got fucking electrocuted and shit. But he, and he thought after he thought about it, that they were trying to heal him because he came out of that with no injuries other than mm. just dehydration and hasn't eaten for five days. Uh, but he got up and he got off the table and apparently he went and grabbed like um, like an instrument, maybe one of their instruments that they were using. And he was like using it to fend him off, like, don't come near me. And he said when they looked at him, they were just standing there just watching him as he just fucking did that. And he said it, their eyes, it just felt like they were looking into his like soul, just like looking through him. And then all of a sudden they scurry out of the room, like the little door opens, they scurry out and shuts and he's like sitting there like what am I gonna do and he said it was like hard to breathe like the atmosphere right um probably because they zipped off into space bro and uh and he said a few minutes later these human fucking looking beings that weren't human but they looked close enough to being human to where he was like willing to settle down and comply with them for a little bit and he Mm. said they just came in and they were wearing helmets these human humanoid beings that looked like just fucking blonde humans and uh he said uh they just got him to lay down and then they just fucking put a mask on him and it put and knocked him out and then he woke up on the street by a payphone like when he says blonde humans does he mean like kind of like, like think Nazis? norwegian like, like yeah aryan aryan uh. race type shit yeah so like blonde hair blue eyes Oh. And but they weren't weren't quite human, but they looked human, they and so he was just like, form. and he thought maybe they were like the military coming to save him, but nah, they were just like coming to settle him down. And uh, but here's the thing: <sighs> the interviewer is so frustrating because I'm like, bro, ask him about the instrument, ask him about how the fucking aliens looked, ask him if he like anything. What were you thinking when they fucking walked out of the room and you were trying to fucking just process what's happening to you? No, he didn't ask any of that shit. He was just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back to my list of questions that I wrote out last night. Like what? Ask him shit that people are curious about. Did you get to talk to him after? Yeah. So, uh, me and Clark stood stuck around cause Clark went with me and, uh, uh, me and Clark stuck around just to talk to everybody. And we kind of talked to the lady who's in charge of this MUFON group. And I was like asking her, you know, like, so how did you even become this position? Like the leader of the Phoenix MUFON or whatever. And she was telling me like basically 13 years ago, she just somehow got interested in aliens and UFOs showed up to a meeting and they're like, yeah, we need a new person to be in charge. And she's like, I'll do it. And then that's how it (laughs) happened. Right. (laughs) And it's like, you pay 25 bucks or something to, to go to the thing. And they have like different speakers each time apparently um so anyways afterwards they said hey we're all going to portillo's down the street in tempe um so come and eat with us we'll all get to network and whatnot and i was like dope 
that's my chance. And so I go, uh, and obviously, you know, Travis Walton is there. We're like just in line getting our food. Wait, like, and here's the thing. He's not like a fucking celebrity, like mainstream. So it's not like we have a huge crowd of people around us. It's just, it's just you guys. It's just a few of the people who went to the fucking thing that went to Portillo's afterwards. And, uh, so while we're waiting for the food, I just kind of like approached them. It was like, it was like me and Clark were like wondering how we do it. And I was like, dude, I feel like I'm about to approach a girl at the club, <laughs> you know, like, um, so I just went up and just kind of started making conversation with him, which was kind of awkward because apparently his like long lost nephew showed up to this thing and he was catching up with his nephew. So I was like, that's what made it hard to like kind of get your in because he was talking oh. to a guy he hasn't seen for forever. And uh, so anyways, he's like an old man, kind of talks slow. He's in his late 70s. And uh, so anyways, I went up to him and I was about to be like trying. I was thinking, should I just kind of make light conversation and then kind of slide in the podcast mention um and i knew he lived in arizona but he had to fly down because he lives in north north arizona and so he said he was flying back the next day i basically just talked to him i asked him so what has it been like to genuinely be in your shoes and have to tell the same story to every person you meet for 45 years in a row and i asked him that question that's a good fucking question. Man, I should have been the motherfucker interviewing him. But that, that was my in, right? And I asked him that, and he just said, honestly, man, I just wish it never happened to me. Oh, that's where he kind of opened up and told you about that? No, but he said it again because he said it on stage, and I was like, oh. huh, did he really say that? And then he literally said that. And I, and I could see in his eyes, his eyes were all red. It's like 5 p.m. He's been traveling, and he's an old fucking man, so he's just tired as shit. And I was just like, I can't ask this guy to be on my podcast. He just he just told me he wishes it never happened to him. And <laughs> he looks tired as shit and old and his eyes are completely bloodshot. And I was like, damn. Like, all right, well, dude, best of luck. I'm grateful you're here. You know, things like that. And then that was the last I spoke to him. But right after that, me and Clark were going to go eat. And I was like, fuck it, man. Didn't get him on the podcast or whatever. And, uh. Uh, when me and Clark are about to find a table to ourselves, the leader of the MUFON, the lady, she was like, hey, uh, hey, you guys, uh, I want to introduce you to Mike. You should uh, sit down and eat. He came by himself. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe she's just trying to get more people networking in the thing. So me and Clark just went over and talked to him. And I'm like kind of excited because I don't ever talk to random people about UFOs and have them actually be interested in it like me, yeah. you know? And uh, so I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Okay, let's, me and Clark are about to buckle up and we're getting ready to for some fucking conversation. And we start talking to this guy and he's like an expert on crop circles and and the UFO Antarctica connection. He's like an expert on that shit. Oh, with the secret like base in Antarctica? Yeah. And, uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, she just could tell that we were into it and she knew we would want to meet him because she literally said, I think you guys would like Mike, so you guys should talk to him. Um, so we talked to him and basically he's coming on the podcast soon. Nice. Yeah, because he just moved back to Arizona. Um, Bro, that's going to be badass, like getting an actual expert. Yeah, yeah, and he's, I mean, he's legit. I mean, he knew anything that me and Clark brought up and all those like mainstream UFO people that you see on the documentaries and shit. Uh, apparently he's like friends with all of them and he like goes, he's been to dinner with all of them and stuff. Oh, and he's like telling so he's us well connected, him. well connected. He's been like going, he's been involved in with the stuff for decades, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, cool guy. He's coming on the podcast and, uh, yeah, he, 
<laughs> you remember I was telling you about the Integlatron? You remember that shit? Integlatron. That, that like fucking uh, machine that like heals people. The time machine. No, it's not a time machine. It's like uh, I showed you that. That video. The video. I think it was an Ancient Aliens episode where uh, they were talking about this like thing in the Mojave Desert that some crazy dude built by this fucking rock that has like weird energy around it and, and it, before like, he makes finished, people go crazy he died right yeah and apparently he was getting beamed down the blueprints for this and people are calling him the fucking like nikola tesla of harmonics and acoustics but it was none of it was just getting channeled to him and he fucking built this machine that was supposed to uh heal any condition and basically make people immortal it was called the immortality machine and he called it the integlatron the dude died like two weeks before it was about to be finished and he only had the blueprints in his head and so they they never were able to finish it anyways this guy the expert uh he had a business that recently went out of business because he got divorced and his wife got the whole business and um, mm. basically ran it to shit. So he, that's why he moved back here. But the business was, they had a little mini version of this machine that, um, they had apparently had gotten to work. And so it was just like kind of like a spa thing where you'd come and sit in this thing. He was showing us pictures of it. And, uh, yeah. So anyways, this guy, he's, uh, that was their business, but he said he would, he would sit there and I, I forget where it was located. I think it was somewhere in California. Um, but it was kind of like in a remote area where they'd have something like that. And mm -hmm. um, apparently he, he would just meditate a lot. Very spiritual type of guy. And uh, I don't know why, but me and Clark kind of just asked him, hey, have you ever seen a UFO? Because this is one question that they did ask Travis Walton on the stage was, um, you know, have you ever seen any more UFOs? Things like that. And he has actually. But his, his response surprised me because he, old man, he was just like, I mean, who hasn't seen a UFO? I you mean like you just walk outside, you look up and you're probably likely to see one. And I was like, uh, I've never seen a UFO and I look up all the time because I'm looking for them. And uh, so I don't know what that means, but maybe it's like if you see one, they want you to see them, you know. Um, so anyways, I asked this guy, have you ever seen one? And he said, yeah, I was like no way tell me about it and he goes i actually have pictures he started pulling he was like about to pull him up on his phone like in his fucking photos that he took with his phone and he started showing me clark me and clark just like these pictures that are like balls of light uh most of them look like just random balls of light and one of them was like a saucer shaped light um in in daytime so it wasn't night it was in like a blue sky background right um but the pictures were kind of out of focus because uh clark was like giving him shit he's like bro did you take this on an iphone one what the <laughs> fuck and um apparently he just took him on his phone through the window of his like fucking business that so anyways he but he showed us enough of them what we started to believe that something it was something yeah and like some of them were like they looked like the fucking tic tac you know from the tic tac story that the navy pilot saw did he have just pictures or did he have videos as well no no videos just mm. pictures that he took on his fucking android phone and androids are shitty as fuck so you oh, already yeah. know they were low quality photos but anyways um yeah but isn't it crazy that always the pictures of the ufos are never like high resolution shit i wonder you know i wonder if that's part of their technology how crazy would that be? Just like on the UFO, they just have like some technology when you try to take a picture. It just fucking makes it all all blurry or fuzzy. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Like <clears throat> I would I would not be surprised if 
as soon as you whip out your phone, they just zip off because they're just like toying with you. They don't want you to fucking take a picture. Like, what if they can sense that? Or what if it's like the magnetic waves from the phone just doof, and it just kind of like bounces them back? <clears throat> yeah. Me and Clark, when me and Clark started hanging out consistently and were like becoming friends, mm-hmm. uh, we were we both knew we were super into UFOs. But then we would ask, like, do you really believe in them like 100 percent? And obviously we kind of not sound crazy. So we go, yeah, like maybe like 90 percent, you know, but I'm like legitimately I was thinking about this and I want to ask you first, what do you think if you had to bet? What percent would you put on they're real? 100% are they real? UFOs and aliens and are they here? I mean, mm, I would say 90%. 90%? So there's a 10% and it might not be real? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why do you say that? I don't know, man. That's a good question. I just I just feel like uh there's like so much evidence but I just haven't <clears throat> experienced anything crazy or seen any anything anything crazy like as of late, you know, that I can say 100% without a doubt, that's a UFO. But didn't you say you saw something that was saucer shaped yeah. that was, had fucking spinning colors on but it? But again, like I say, it's like I was so young. So, like, I don't know if that was my imagination or if what, you know, I don't even, I don't have no clue what it was. But at the same time, I was, I was a kid. So I wouldn't put it past me that it was just like an active, overactive imagination or some shit like that. Who knows? Maybe I'm just in denial. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I thought about it myself the other day and I was like, man, it's got to be like 98%. Like I'm not 100% sure, but then I thought about it in reverse because Charles, Charles Munger, Charlie Munger, the wise soul he is, the mentor to Warren Buffett, one of the top investors in the world, uh, also a multi, multi, multi multi-billionaire. He has a book called Poor Charlie's Almanac and it's like his entire thing thought process on investing anyways wise man but he always said uh you should never debate something until you can debate the other side just as well so uh he also talked about like inverse thinking so if you can't solve a problem look at it flip it in reverse kind of it's kind of like if i asked you hey do you know how to attract a girl like can could you tell me how to attract a girl and then Mm. you think about it but i and a lot of guys probably go "Ah, maybe and then you go all right how about this Cause you tell me what not to do if I want to attract a girl, right? Uh, you just flip it on its head. So I was like, okay, I'm probably thinking like 98%. Like it's not a hundred percent, but then I was like, okay, well let's think about the reality of they're not real. And then that one really fucked with me. Cause I was just like, of all the shit that I've studied from just my own research, not studied, like I'm fucking trying to memorize it, but uh, you literally, like a lot of this shit is so interesting to you. If you're interested in it, you read it once or hear about it once, you don't forget it, you know, because you're trying to fill in the blanks in your own head. Like, what about this? Well, what about that? Of all the shit I've seen, all the government shit that is coming out, I'm like, when I flipped it on his head, I was like, there's no way it's not real. And that's kind of what I realized when I did the inverse of the problem, you know? Mm. And so now I'm pretty much fucking convinced. But here's the thing. I don't think I'm as convinced as Clark. Because, again, even when I think about it, I'm like, okay, there's got to be like a point oh 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 one percent of just uncertainty where I'm just not quite sure. Because um, it could be military. You, you don't fucking know, right? Uh, but I, I mentioned that to Clark the other day after we're now kind of friends and we don't give a shit if we believe in it or not. And he goes, dude, 
of course it's real. A hundred percent is real. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm not quite there yet. You're just like that point one. Yeah. Yeah, but I was telling you the other day when I was on shrooms, when I told about these guys, that story where I was seeing geometric shapes and shit, I had a moment where I felt so connected to everything, you know, as far as just realizing how the universe around me really works. Because shrooms are weird like that. And uh, I had the instinct that if I went outside right now and meditated under this these stars where they're so fucking bright, I just, I felt certain something within me that something would come to me. Like a, like I would channel uh, some fucking UFO being something and I would at least see something. I just had that deep seated feeling and I was too afraid <laughs> that it was going to happen. So I didn't do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> Imagine being the alien while uh, Travis is his name, right? Yeah. While Travis is in there, you're one of the aliens that's working there. And like, he just fucking comes up, does that little thing. That'd be a hell of a story to come back to the alien family and be like, tell your wife, just there was a crazy, crazy human on ship. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Imagine what they would have thought. Like, I, I'm curious as to like what their thought process is when working on humans or just, you know? Yeah. Dude, I was so pissed with how little detail they got into with the questions they were asking. Do you think everything about that story confuses me? Because a lot of there's a lot of people trying to debunk it and say it's not real. But I mean, he, I'll tell you what, he's a hundred. This man is not lying, you know. And the cop out to that is, I believe that he believes that he got abducted, right? Because the man is not lying. Period. I looked this man in the face right here and he genuinely said, I just kind of wish this whole thing never happened to me. You know, like he, was he was he like into aliens and like believed that before he got abducted? I don't think so. So yeah. he was just like a regular just he's just a dude. He's just a regular dude. And yeah. then this happened. He's like, there's no way this is real. And he said, surely if I run at it, it'll just zip off. Right. Um, and I think they were, they were talking about it cause maybe apparently in that forest, there was a sighting like the week before. So it was fresh on the mind a little bit, but other than that, I don't think he was, um, but anyways, he, <clears throat> like, I wonder the one thing that doesn't add up to me is these aliens clearly from his, from his story that he was telling at this thing, it seemed like they only abducted him to heal him. Because maybe he had gotten too close and there was like a ball of energy around it. It looked like it had just a bunch of energy around it. And so when he got close, it's like a bolt of just zapped him, you know, because that's what happens with electricity, right? Mm -hmm. And so he says that they were healing him because when he came back, he didn't have the injuries like that, right? Mm. But he did get like brain scans and stuff and, and there was some anomalies in his brain waves. Um, maybe as a result of just getting zapped, you know? And so he said he really wants to talk to someone who uh, maybe has experience and knowledge about brain scans to explain the anomalies and see if they really are anomalies from that. Um, but he just said that the doctor who did it did see anomalies in his brain waves, right? Uh. So anyways, there's other evidence like in the clearing where this UFO was, um, they went and surveyed like the the trees around it because it's a forest, right? And when they cut down the trees around it and studied it, the rings were actually thicker 
uh, on the side of the tree that was facing where the UFO apparently was. So the radiation uh, caused those trees to grow in a way that was very similar to the uh, radioactive nuclear meltdown in Russia. That whole, what's the name of that fucking nuclear meltdown? The, the town. Oh, Chernobyl. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, it mimicked what trees did there in the growth patterns from the oh, radioactivity, really? right? And so it, it makes sense if this thing was radioactive, which is common among a lot of these UFO stories, is that people get radiation poisoning afterwards. Um, so, yeah, the trees that were fa- the side of the tree that was facing the rings were thicker, things like that. So there's a lot of evidence that points to this could have been real. But obviously, what evidence could actually prove it other than manifesting this fucking thing and, and confirming it? Right. But um, what doesn't add up to me and what, what I would have asked him if I was fucking on that stage right there. And me and Clark sat front row, you know, so we were just like teachers, pets. It was like a little college lecture hall. Um uh, he, it, it was like, what, it, what was the purpose of the aliens coming there to that clearing? Because if you think about it, if they had a mission of some sort and they were there for a reason, well, all they fucking did was abduct this fucking human that got in their way, zipped off, healed him, brought him back. So was that their mission? Clearly that couldn't have been their mission, you know, unless, they're time travelers and they're like, we need to go back and abduct him to fix the timeline, right? I don't fucking know, but I don't what know. What if it was like thing. the government? Like if it was like the government, you know, kind well, of. Well, from his account, these were clearly not humans. You know, the little gray alien things with the big beady eyes and the huge heads. Yeah. I mean, those weren't humans. So if it was government, it's still an alien presence, you know? I guess, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What what do you what do you have anything that you're curious about it? I uh, I mean it's just like a whole interesting story as far as like I know you were saying the radioactiveness from the trees. Was that you said only on part of the tree or like all those trees were radioactive? All the trees as- around it. So you imagine a little clearing in the in the forest if the flying saucer is just hovering there, all the trees around it, the side of the trees that were facing towards the middle, those rings, when they cut them down, the rings had normal growth patterns around the tree, except on the side that was facing it, the rings were extra large, you know, and that mimics what some of the things did in, as a result of the radioactivity. Was there, did they let you guys do like a Q and a where you could ask a question? Yeah, but the they, or no? there was enough people in there to where not everyone got to ask. Yeah. They only did like six questions and they walked a microphone around yeah Um, and i was very surprised that the attendance at this thing one i honestly didn't expect anybody to actually show up to this thing how many were there they're like 20 Uh, there was 40 people i think oh that's not bad yeah i think that because of covid they had a limit of 44 and i think about 40 people showed up um and it's 20 bucks to get in so um yeah i guess someone made a couple thousand bucks that day (laughs) anyways um uh but yeah, like the I would say thirty of the forty were above the age of sixty-five, which is really crazy. Like, why are this many old people here? Yeah, they've probably been in it for a while. Yeah, and one thing they did say is like right now with the COVID and the craziness of twenty twenty and the recent UFO announcements from the government, the government and being released in the mainstream media and they're talking about it seriously and the government these came straight out of the Pentagon and they've confirmed that we have craft that we have recovered from r- crash retrievals and they were not made on this earth. 
that's basically indirectly kind of directly confirming it, right? But just give us more details and why is nobody talking about it? Um, but uh, yeah, with that shit that came out, we feel like we're on the brink of them actually revealing everything, right? But the one comment they said was, everybody's felt like we've been on the brink. We thought we were in the, on the brink in the 80s. We thought we were on the brink in the 90s. We thought we were at the brink 20 years ago. So we're always kind of just on the brink, but almost always out of reach, you know, which is kind uh, of depressing if you think about that. But I genuinely feel like we're on the brink right now. You know? This is what they must have felt like back in the 80s and the... Yeah. When it was all going down. But... I mean, the I mean the gov. What more do you need than the mainstream media actually now reporting what the government is confirming? And it's like verbatim saying we have craft not made on planet Earth. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Obviously, it wasn't made on planet Earth, right? And we also know that uh, fucking Buzz Aldrin, second man to walk on the moon, has said in an interview, in an interview, talking about pyramids on mars and he says hey if you look up kids to the sky and you see that moon around mars and it has a big man-made mon uh, big not he said a big monolith that on the moon of mars and that moon of mars circles the planet mars once every single day and um when people see that they're gonna go whoa what's that and how'd that get there? And then you look it up. Bro, this thing, you can see through a telescope, right? Pete, that's how we have images of it. And it's a big-ass shadow that it casts onto this moon when the sunlight hits the moon, right? The shadow is a big monolith. Do you know what a monolith is? Is it like a pyramid? A monolith is a man-made or like an intelligently made ginormous rock, okay? Oh, okay. So like Stonehenge's, Stonehenge, those are all monoliths, right? There's a big-ass monolith that casts a huge shadow, and it's a perfect cube, like a rectangle that's really tall, like a skyscraper, square building. And the, sh the shadow is a perfect cube, something right? that or like rectangular shape. Yeah, something that naturally doesn't occur. Yep. <laughs> and so he's basically confirmed that there's fucking weird shit out there that's intelligently made. So, um, uh, yeah. I believe that it is real, and I believe we are on the brink. If people are talking about this shit in the mainstream media, and they're not getting cast down as crazies, you know? But at the same time, it kind of does feel like, oh, are people going to think I'm crazy if I talk about this? Uh, no, Joe Rogan talks about it, so it's okay. Joe Rogan has made it okay <laughs> to be crazy. He has made it okay to do psychedelic mushrooms. He has made it okay to smoke DMT and smoke marijuana on the inter interwebs. And eat elk. And eat elk, apparently. Yeah. So me and Chris finished off whatever mushrooms I had left from. Oh, <laughs> and we did that the other night. And it was one hell of a mushroom trip. A very good one, I would say. Yeah, I started seeing, uh, like, when I would I would have the closed-eyed visuals, but then when I would open, when I was really, like, just having more visuals, I would start. I started seeing eyes on everything. It was very weird. It was, like, the feminine eye, just, like, and you had one here. I had here. one on yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was tripping a little bit, and then your couch had one, and there was just, like, everywhere. Why did you not tell this to me? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to save it for the podcast, because I, I was, it was weird. And then when you left... And you, because you told me the story about uh, you being in Kansas, tripping on shrooms, and you feel like you would connect. Uh, if you meditated, you would connect. Yeah. 
And then I think it was just subconscious. I was like, yeah, I'm going to see one. <laughs> you saw one. No, I didn't. But okay. I wasn't looking out. Oh. But I was just like, they were just hitting hard. And like, I felt something like yeah. a presence. I don't know what it was, but. Huh. I didn't feel a presence, but here's one thing I did find interesting after that trip. Cause I've heard you should go into a trip with an intention of what you want to achieve during it. Right. And so as after we ate them and I was kind of waiting for them to kick in, I was like, okay, what do I, what's my intention going to be? I said, I want my intention to have a trip where I learn how to become more successful and financially well off because I just want to reach a point where I never have to worry about finances ever again because I've got so much of it. Right. And so, uh, and I don't want to wait until I'm old <laughs> to get there. Right. So mm -hmm. I want to get there as soon as fucking possible. And isn't it crazy that you and I, in our conversations, I came away with a lot of realizations on shit to make me more productive and shit that I'm doing wrong. Isn't that crazy? That's true. Yeah. Like I just realized <laughs> one of the realizations and I was beating myself up about it. I don't know if you remember, but I was like, damn, I spend so much time sitting down, getting to work. And I keep saying, Kate, don't bother me. I'm getting to work. I got to get to work. But it's like, bro, you've been getting to work for four hours. And that's how many days do I waste? Just like I sit down, I'm like, okay, I'm going to finally get to work. And then I open my email. I'll get distracted. I'm like, all right, fine. I got to finally get to work. And then I'm like, oh shit. All right. I'm a little hungry. So let me go grab a snack first. And then I go fucking grab a snack. I come down to grab, get to work. And I'm like, oh shit, fuck. You know, I, I don't have anything to drink right now. I get back up and go to, I waste so much time procrastinating getting to work because I'm trying to avoid sitting down and getting to work subconsciously, which is crazy. And I think, um, Probably just because I I go through phases where I'm like, this is the fucking plan, and we I'm like, let's fucking execute. It's and like I, a big project, that right? We work on it, and I think when I finish the project, and now I'm like, okay, well, what's next? You know, and I I kind of sit in that phase, and sometimes if I stay in that phase for too long, like we have been, uh, then I'm just like, all right, well, I'm kind of just avoiding sitting down because I don't know what the fuck I should be working on right now, right? And, and I think that's natural. I, I feel like any marketing, uh, any company that really works hard on marketing and building their brand goes through those kind of creative phases because it's, it's as you've learned, running a business that especially revolves around marketing the business online, it, it, it has a lot of, um, it's like creative projects you're constantly working yeah. on. Right. And so when you finish a project, it's like, okay, what's the next project? Well, I just realized that I would probably be a lot more productive if I sat, sat down and actually just got to work on finding that the next project rather than trying to just contemplate it and avoid doing anything. You know, And I find those big projects, honestly, I realized this, uh, you know, uh, recently is just like, I really find those projects fun because I feel like they really take me to like, they, they use up something inside of me that I'm not really used to because a lot of times like they push me out of my comfort zone because it's like me figuring out how to use ClickFunnels, me figuring out, you know, like uh, uh, just bringing on finding the right emails and different stuff like that. So I really think like at, I don't know, I just really find it fun and it just pushes me to that next level and like makes me kind of uncomfortable, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the best decision I ever made was getting a marketing assistant essentially to help me with everything in in the business that 
um, that I used to do at one point in time, you know, the first thing I delegated was customer service and we had someone else doing that at first. And now you're kind of overseeing a lot of that. Right. And then, uh, you know, I started training you up on everything involved in what I do on the day to day. And it's been so nice to be able to trust you to do a lot of the shit that I used to do to where now you know how to do it. And you can do it and I can work on the bigger stuff that you don't know how to do yet. And it's so amazing. And I, it motivates me to get this shit going and scale this to the moon, have, bring on more people, have a bigger team. That way we can yes. move faster. And I think that's how you win the game. The way to become the number one dating coach in the world, I have not quite figured out the map, right? To definitively say this man is the motherfucking best. Right. And that's my fucking goal. I always want to be the best at everything I do. And for me, I know I'm the best, but Michael Jordan knew he was the best before he was the best. You know, how do you get it to where everybody's just a witness to your fucking greatness? And I think um, we're on the verge of that. But honestly, it's speed. You got to be able to move faster than everyone else. And yeah. how do we move faster? We get a team of fucking just everybody's in sync, you know? Yeah. Um, because really we can move faster your already. back on YouTube. Yeah. Honestly, I really think that's going to be going to play like a pivotal role in taking you to that next level with what we got. Like, you know, what we've been talking about, the new update on the dating channel. <laughs> this is something we've been working a lot on, uh, on for a long time as far as this video type of idea it's going to be more of a show based like um but it's going to be fun for everyone better than netflix <laughs> uh, <laughs> better than netflix Nah, it's like i've always had the the dream to be like almost like a late night talk show host um and part of me fulfilling that was starting this podcast because i wanted something longer form and, and where i could interview people um but I think as that I, I've kind of flushed out that idea and made it more concrete and realistic, I realized I wanted to not be limited to having to have uh, a like a fucking celebrity guest every time or in my idea, just a bunch of hot fucking hot female celebrities where I could basically be like the next Craig Ferguson, but Patrick James, right? Because that shit inspires me. So it's always been an ambition of mine and I think the podcast is fulfilling the interview part, but what we're going to do with the Raw Dating Advice channel fulfills the fun, creative creative side of all of that variety type of show. And that's what we've got coming down the pipeline on the Raw Dating Advice channel. And I think I'm really looking forward to that. I'm very inspired by that. But at the same time, now it's going to take a little bit more planning. And so for that reason, uh, obviously the people watching this, I'm assuming are also most likely interested in the Dating Advice channel. Unless, you know, we, we've started to get some of those organic views from the Clips channel, which you've, if you haven't checked out the Clips channel, you got to check out the Clips channel. It's so fun. I, I, I just think it's super interesting to sometimes just scroll there through there and even watch some of those clips myself. And, uh, and I think that's how a lot of people are finding us too is through the Clips channel because some of those videos are getting a lot of traction uh, yeah. sometimes. And so, especially from the Scott Walter episode, Episode. So maybe some of you guys listening and watching aren't necessarily fans of the dating advice channel. But if you're a dude, you're interested in improving your dating life as far as the ability to basically finally be in control of your situation, be able to meet women on demand, create chemistry on command and date women from abundance. You'll love the channel. Uh, however, um, yeah, look forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. So back on track. 
it's going to be a little bit more creative, take a little bit more thought and, and kind of just planning out. So for that reason, I think what we're going to do is we're going to start doing it once a week. Right. And obviously, if we grew the team a little bit more, got some more video editing people yeah. in here, then we'd be able to probably up the production level, even go to two podcasts and two of those shows a week. Um, but until then, we're working on that. But more of that is just finding the right fit for the team because we've tried different editors and videographers out and it's never quite the even right with fit. the salespeople too. salespeople, just everything in general. I think with the ambitions I have. I know I'm just I'm I'm here recruiting my fucking A players, right? This is the fucking dream team. And I used to write this in my journal. I was like, one day Raw Dating Vice will be a fucking empire and I will have a dream team of like my employees around me and we're just fucking building shit uh faster and better than anyone else. And again, uh, objectively speaking, obviously I'm biased cuz I'm me and I it's my company, but <laughs> literally <laughs> I think my shit is next level. I think it's, I know every other dating coach out there, no shade on anybody else out there. You know, a lot, I'm friends with a lot of them, right? I just know my shit. I know what they're doing. I know what I'm doing. I know their experience. I know my experience. My shit is next level, but it's only a matter of time till the whole world finds that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just a matter of time. It's only a matter of time, just like this podcast, because I get a lot of people asking me, so you still doing the podcast? How's the podcast doing? I don't know if they watch. I don't know if they don't watch, but I'm just like, yeah, we're still grinding on it. I'm having fun with it. And it's like super low pressure because it's something I look forward to doing every week, whether I'm talking to you or I'm talking to a cool new guest. Um, again, this is the long term thing. Right, whether I'm a dating coach for the next 20, 30, 40 years, I can't say that. But I can say I will always have a podcast where I can do whatever I want whenever I want, you know? Exactly. And bring people along that journey with me. Exactly. And you know, speaking on along the lines of doing whatever you want, did you see what the the big pope did? Mm-mm. Oh, so on his Instagram, they saw that he liked a uh, laundry. Wait, the Pope has an Instagram. Yeah, he has an Instagram. Okay. Who does he uh, follow? Like the Millie Bobby Brown? I have no clue, but but <laughs> it <kids>. turns out <laughs> it turns out he liked the a lingerie photo, a lingerie model's photo, and like she was like in a very provocative position. Is he not allowed post. to like that shit? I don't know. But then uh, the Vatican, you know, was talking to Facebook, who owns Instagram. They're like, you guys got to look into that, see what happened. <laughs> what is he supposed to do? <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> is he supposed to not like it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, let the Pope be, man. I mean, he's a fucking dude. <laughs> he's got a penis, I'm assuming, unless they chop that shit off. Yeah, right? the, the Vatican coming in for that control, like, oh, yeah, we don't know what happened, you know? The only way he wouldn't be into it is if he's homosexual, which in which case he'd probably be liking dudes in lingerie, right? But if... If they chop that shit off or if he's an alien and doesn't have human urges, but he's a man That's and true. he has to withhold sex. He can never have sex in his entire life. He's got to be pure. Obviously, he's going to have urges. <laughs> you know, a man holds that shit in for his entire life. I should know. I'm a dating coach. I talk to a lot of people like that every day, <laughs> right? So I feel for you people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let the man like a photo on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Apparently, uh, they say he doesn't run the Instagram. Oh, but of course. That exactly. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? I mean, does would the when would the Pope you you would hope he just wouldn't have time for that shit, right? What does the Pope do? What does he do? He has he's like Santa Claus, has children sit on his lap. Really? I think so. Gives him presents. 
they won't forget. He just doesn't he just like give a speech once a day for yeah, like, he's like 20, a poli- 10 minutes or something. He's like a I would say not a politician, but like similar, you know, that he gets up, talks. What does a man with all the free time in the world do other than touch his dick? If he can't have sex. <laughs> I mean, you got a point. I, don't, I mean, there's nothing to do. Yeah. They they fucking uh he just gets on a car and, you know, a whole they have a whole parade for him and stuff. He's living the life. Do you think that would get old sometimes if you had a parade for you every single day? If I had a what? Parade for me? Yeah. And you Probably had to yeah. be in the parade. Ooh. If I had to be, yeah. Yeah. I would get over it. It's I, like going to Disneyland every day or four times a year. It just gets old. <laughs> no shade once, on Kate because I went to Disneyland <laughs> four times last year, but that's a different once story. Once you see it once. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, I've been there once and it was just like, oh, I mean. It's Disneyland. Yeah. But Disney World, I hear, is a whole other story. Yeah. I went like several times as a kid and I loved it every time, but it, it was so long ago, I barely remember that. You know, one thing about Disneyland is that the fucking animatronics scare me. I'm not going to lie about that. Why? I, I don't know. They just look creepy. Like, I don't know if I have a weird phobia of it, but when, like, have you been on the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Oh, yeah. Just them seeing them dance yeah. and all that. I'm just like, don't get near it me. It's kind of creepy. What if you had to spend the night in there? Would you? Oh, no. I, I don't think I would. Have you seen the I'd be interested to see the Disney World, the Avatar one. Yeah, apparently they I've have like that's good animatronics, and she's like at the end, oh, da, 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 you know, yeah. drumming on their drums. Have you ever been to Universal? Stu- Wait, is it Universal no. Studios? Is that the one in California? Yeah, yeah, that's that's by Disneyland. Yeah, Universal. Have you been there? No, Dude, I've been I- as a kid, but I don't remember that shit. Okay, yeah. Well, me and Kate went to Disneyland four times last year. On the fourth time, I was like, "Can we please go to Universal?" Was it more fun? Dude, it was way better, in my opinion. Every ride was a banger. Some of the rides, I'll be honest, gave me motion sickness because it's like artificial movement and stuff. And so those ones gave me motion sickness. But I'll I'll just be honest, every ride was an experience that I enjoyed, whether it was a motion sickness experience or not, right? But unlike Disneyland, where you just kind of sitting on kid rides most of the day, I feel like the only good ride there is Indiana Jones. Oh opinion. yeah, that one, that one was fun. It's fun, but I've been on it seven times, all four times. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been on it a few times around. The, I've you been got, around the block. <laughs> you could go only go there so much. Yeah, kind of like the parade. Yeah, but Universal, I would love to go back. And we went around. This was around Holly, Halloween last time, and so when we went that night, you you could stay and every ride turned into a legitimate scary haunted haunted house. They do the whole, they do like the whole haunted theme. Yeah. Or they would, but it was like 300 bucks a ticket. So if we wanted to stay, we would have to pay $300 more for me and for Kate. And I was like, why don't we just go and get a nice dinner? (laughs) You know? And so we did that, but I would like to go back and try that out because they, they have, had a lot of them. They, it, that one looks fun because they actually have actors. They have shows, you know, just kind of run. It's like you're in a you enter a whole different world when you yeah. get in there. I was kind of jealous because they started funneling people out of the place real quick. Everything started shutting down and you could only go one direction and it was out unless you had a ticket to stay. And as we're going out. Cause it, it, so basically they shut universal down early for this, right? Oh, uh, just to prep it. Yeah. It was like 6 PM. Well, they had been prepping all day. So we're kind of going while they're prepping. And then 
at around six, it kind of closes and then all the new people are allowed to come in. And so as we were going out, we saw a bunch of people showing up with uh, Halloween costumes and it just looks super fun. Oh. you know. So I want to go back and try it out. But then COVID, I would have tried it this year most likely, but fuck. You can't. You got to be yeah. six feet because once they pass that, that, you know, they go five feet, nine inches, mm. you die. They had a Jurassic Park right there, and it was so sick. Like the actual animatronics or? Yeah, the, the the dinosaurs there, the just the atmosphere. And when you get off the ride, they have a real-life Velociraptor standing there. It's animatronic, but, bro, shit's real. It breathes. The air comes out of its nose. It fucking barks at people, and it looked real. You look up to it. It doesn't look like a fake fucking animal tronic thing you it looks like a real life velociraptor what the fuck and it's just moving and breathing and and kind of just interacting as if it's real is it is it just like out and it's in in its own kind of display or yeah it had like a, a velociraptor trainer there kind of like you remember from the recent movies where the yeah, guys Chris like Pratt. got a little crick clicker yeah it had one of those guys out there kind of just like keeping it tame, you know, um, and you could come up and take a picture with it, which is kind of cool just seeing that. Oh, kind of like uh, I've seen the have you seen the videos for like the Transformers? I don't know uh, if they were there, there that time, but not sure. They have people like in Transformer outfits. Oh, yeah. That look pretty cool. That that would be cool. I didn't see that. Um, But yeah. Oh, they had Harry Potter land there. The the whole like town that they go to and get like the the, the wands, the wands and stuff. Yeah, they had that there. That was dope. And you could go through the town um, and it all looks so realistic, just like the movie. Do they change it out like every so often or uh, do you know? What do you mean? No, like as far that's as... like a thing that they built on. They extended oh, onto it. Okay. So they built the whole city of it. And the ride that they built with it was in Hogwarts. And Hogwarts is off in the distance. And bro, it looks like a huge fucking Hogwarts from a distance. But it's like, they call it forced perspective. Oh, kind of like the Disney castle. Yeah, but the Disney castle, you can tell it's small, right? <laughs> no, this, you're, you're standing... It, until you are literally right next to it, it looks like it's a huge fucking castle in the distance. And then you go up to it, you're like, oh, it still kind of looks big, but now that I'm up next to it, I can see that it's smaller. But the whole ride is in there, so that's why it's so big, you know? Oh, that's sick. So it ta the cart takes you around, like, all of Hogwarts. It takes you around Hog... Well, the line, you're going through all of Hogwarts. So the line is an experience in itself, but the ride itself takes you through, like the haunted forest that they go into and a lot of different things, but you're moving around and it's like twisting you and turning you and bouncing you like this. And that one, me and Kate could not go on again. Cause you just motion get so sickness. motion sick. Yeah. Um, the other one, they did have a transformers ride. That one also gave me motion sickness because you're wearing 3d goggles and it's a cart that's kind of moving around in a room, but oh. the, the screen is directly in front of you and the scenery is changing. So it's kind of virtual reality. Yeah, in, in California, in uh, Great America, California, they have one similar to where, like, it's just like a SpongeBob episode, but you put on 3D goggles and the seats move. Mm. So, like, you're riding with them. You're, like, oh, shaking. that sounds fun. Yeah. That, that one's fun. Yeah. Um, oh, they had uh, the whole Hollywood ride where you see a lot of the people driving around on carts and it's the tourists and then they're filming shit. Oh, like the studio. The studio, the studio. tour. I didn't realize the actual studio was there at Universal, but that's the actual studio. So, it makes sense. And so... Um, we went on that tour and it was the last one of the day. So it was really, I was happy that we made it cause, uh, we almost didn't make it, 
But yeah, that was a really cool experience as well. And they filmed uh, America's Got Talent there. They filmed The Voice there. Um, so that was pretty cool. I want to go back. They had Simpsons land and the Simpsons that you remember they had huge pink donuts and stuff that they would eat. You could get a huge pink donut and it was like this big. Oh, and it was sick. the most bomb donut. It perfect, was actually good. Perfect moisture consistency. Perfect bite. The icing was the perfect ratio to the amount of dough and it was thick. And me and Kate just split that. and It was a huge fucking donut, even when you split it. So it sounds like an all all around good experience, bro. Yeah, man. Good food, good times, good rides. Disneyland. Eh. <laughs> their caramel apples or their candy apples are pretty good. Yeah. I never thought I would spend a whole fucking however many minutes just geeking out on Universal <laughs> and Disneyland. That's the happens. effect that Kate has had on me. God damn it. Speaking of, Kate wants to do a, a fucking podcast soon, so look forward to this. Dude. I never thought I would get her on the podcast. People have asked me, why don't you interview Kate on the podcast? So I was just like, Kate doesn't want to be on the podcast. And honestly, this was I talked her to idea Kate. Too. This is her idea. So I thought to myself, I talk to Kate all day, every day. What the fuck would we talk about on a podcast? And now she came up with a good idea. It was her idea. It, I, I'm honestly pretty excited if she gets all of like her facts and stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll save that. Well, I but might as well tell them what to expect. She wants to talk about an interesting serial killer who I've not heard of, who she finds very interesting. First off, Kate's really into like the forensic files and like uh, criminal minds and um, all those like murder shows and she also has a fascination with murderers i pointed out as a joke at the bookstore a book about i thought it was a book about inspirational women i was like kate this is for you because she's like <laughs> super feminist well little did i know because i just kind of skimmed it real quick it's a book about famous female serial killers and again i showed it to her as a joke and she instantly wanted it and she bought it and she reads it every day and it's she, just motivational quotes by these killer female serial killers each chapter is a complete biography of these female serial killers and kind of everything about their case and what they did and how they killed people and what they the psychology behind it yeah and she's fascinated. And apparently there's a huge tribe of women out in the world where kind of like certain women are into serial killers. So like they fall in love with Ted Bundy. I don't think Kate falls into that tribe. There's also a, a tribe of women who are just deathly, morbidly afraid of being murdered. And because of that, they create podcasts about murders and murderers. And they develop a fascination with looking into these cases. I believe Kate fits into that, even though she I don't think she would probably admit that. But I feel like subconsciously low-key she might be because she's obsessed with serial killers. And I, don't, I have no clue why. <laughs> and yeah. so she wants to come on and talk about one uh, and kind of just educate the people about uh, a famous one that's really interesting that I have not heard of It'll be a fun dynamic. I really think it will. Yeah. Sometimes I never know where Kate's going to go with the conversations that we have. Um, so we'll see. I'm interested to see how this goes, you know. And Oh, yeah. I think people will find it interesting. Oh, yeah. Dude, the fight. Uh, did you see Jake Paul's fight in the Mike Tyson one? I'm Next looking Saturday. forward to that. I want to Who, see that. Who's your money on? <sighs> Man. Let's make a bet. Who's going to – so you, you've you obviously been following it a little bit, huh? A little bit, What yeah. do you think? I want to hear what you think. You brought I, it up. <laughs> I, I really think that Jake Paul is going to is gonna take it. Why? 
I don't know. I've just maybe just because I've been consuming like his uh, training videos and all that. Yeah. But from what I've seen, I really haven't seen Nate Robinson post much. So yeah. maybe he's just working hard and you know not putting it out there. Yeah. But I really think I'm torn, bro. Because here's the thing: Nate Robinson is a fucking dog. You know, have you ever seen him play basketball? Mm-mm. Man is five foot six, right? But he's dunking on people, and he's like the one of the few people to ever just swat. LeBron James when he goes up for a shot and he swatted <laughs> Yao Ming seven foot six. Oh, that's an Asian Asian Polish Chinese Asian. dude, right? Yeah. Motherfuckers, a dog, a beast. And you watch this man's videos of him just dunking on fools, right? He won the slam dunk competition like three years in a row and he's five foot six and he is jacked as a five foot six kid, right? Or guy, he's like 35 years old. So he's a little bit older, but he is. And again, basketball players, they're hella in shape, right? Boxers obviously are famous for having to have endurance and and be in shape. I think people underestimate how good of shape you have to be in to play professional basketball. All those motherfuckers are in shape because they're sprinting for what? Like 60 minutes straight. When you play basketball, especially in the NBA, you are sprinting nonstop while you're From on one the court. Side to the other, exactly. It, it's a it, you got to be in shape, bro. And so I I know for a fact he's gonna have endurance. I, you you're just not gonna get a man like that winded, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? More winded than you. Now I know boxing, it's a whole different sport, right? So for that reason, I think boxing is as nuanced as basketball is. And this is coming from a guy who's played basketball his entire life, right? And so I just know if a guy's been playing basketball for two years, he, he's not going to beat me, you know, because I, I my fundamentals are way better, right? Boxing is similar. If you've been boxing for one or two years and you're in your 20s, you're just not going to beat someone who's been boxing their whole life. There's levels to this shit. So Jake Paul's been boxing for two years. I agree. I've seen his sparring footage. Man looks like he is out for blood. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he can knock fucking people out. He's a fucking heavy hitter, bro. And I'm like, yo. All right. And I know for a fact, Jake Paul's been training hard. Yeah. For like two years straight. Just like anybody who wants it, come and get it. And at first, it was like a lot of just talk. And I felt like he was talking. But man trains nonstop real hard for two years. Eventually, he's going to fucking be good. You know? And he looks like he knocks fools out. And Nate Robinson, he's been boxing for three months or something, just training for this fight. And every clip I've seen of him is just him doing this. <laughs> That's all he's doing. He's just hitting pads. And what? Meanwhile, Jake Paul is like, pa, 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 pa. You know, he's just giving it his sniped. all, and he's showing him knocking fools out in sparring, right? And, and this isn't fake knockout shit. This is like, oh, he fucking jacked that motherfucker. Like when he, uh, with Eric. Yeah. When he was in the ring with him. Yeah. Yeah. I won't even go down that route. But, um, cause I almost said something that if, if, if I blew up, I, I don't want it to come back to me. Yeah. But I just think if I fucking train, I would beat Jake Paul's ass. I'm just saying. But again, <laughs> I, I'm not on the level tour yet with this not podcast, yet, yeah. but I don't even want to go there because I, I just have no desire to train for fighting. But I, I did have a black belt. 
um, by the age of 10. I forgot you were a naked Power Ranger. Back <laughs> yeah, in that's a whole other story, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I was into martial arts young because I was obsessed with the Power Rangers. And I have a black belt second degree. So um, I've just noticed that I'm pretty scrappy because I haven't been fighting as an adult, which I know obviously is nuanced. But the muscle memory, like I was jacking fools in sparring. I would... I would, I was in Taekwondo, right? And so basically I would go to like state tournaments and I think, I think I have three, uh, state trophies from Taekwondo, right? Jesus. So, um, yeah, I was, I was just good, you know, cause I was motivated to win in class. I've always had the fucking drive to just be the best. And so of the people in my class, I wanted to be better. But that said, I don't like no knock on my dad. My dad was a great man, right? But I just, he wasn't the type of father that knew how to motivate me as an athlete. Because mm. he was like a distance runner and he like did track and stuff. And he was in the military most of his life. So he was just always good at running and being athletic. But as far as team sports and just drive to be the best, I don't think he knew how to raise me to be that way. Right? But I think I just naturally got that. Because even when I reflect back on my high school, like I never, I never worked out. I never had anybody to tell me how to improve. I just fucking played all the time and tried to improve. So I didn't really have a coach, a real mentor, especially with the mental stuff. Like I had a lot of confidence issues in my, when I was in front of coaches that, and I would get nervous and just like fucking break under that pressure. Right. Um, not necessarily break under the pressure, but I would try too hard to, why I wouldn't play good, you know? Uh, so even in martial arts, I have three third place trophies, but I was just going cause my dad's making me go into this tournament on the weekends because I'm in ta Taekwondo Hapkido class mm. and he signed me up for this fucking tournament. So I'll just go and spar these kids I've never met before. And that's how I thought of it. It wasn't like, I'm going to go and I'm going to try to win a trophy, you know? Yeah. But I would just naturally get like third place every time. And I think had I been more, cause I remember I never got my ass whooped by any of these kids. I was just, huh, all right, let's just, let's just kind of like, all right, let's spar, right? But I remember in class, when I was in class and I would see these fools every day, I would get competitive. So I would snipe these motherfuckers down in class. And remember, uh, and I was, I was a kind of a kid who was like a couple years younger than all these people. And so I remember, um, uh, uh, there was a kid who I looked up his name. <laughs> I won't say his last name for, for, purpose sake but it's a very memorable last name that you're not going to forget from being a kid anyways he was in my class and also his parents and my parents were friends because they're both in the military and so every time we went to these state tournaments i would have to ride in the car with this guy but little did people know even though we were okay in the car riding there um because his dad was really cool at school this guy was a brat and he was a bully and he got suspended like four times as a fourth and fifth grader Jesus. because he was just straight mean, like the omen mean, just a mean kid, right? Just picking on anyone. Yeah. Picking on people, trying to, he using his, what he learns in martial arts to like, he was the mean kid from Cobra Kai, like the fucking uh, karate kid, you know? Yeah. He was that kid. And, uh. He had something out for me just because we were in the same class, but like low key, I think he would just pick on me. I was also a little bit chubby as a kid, right? Around this time is when I started to get chubby. So anyways, but I was still in class every day, right? Uh, so anyways, 
I would see him in class and one day I had to spar him and I had one kid, probably my first ever mentor. He was 15 years old. His name was Kenny. Shout out Kenny if you are out there somewhere. But Kenny was in my class and I was like seven, eight years old. And uh, Skyler was this guy, the bully's name. Um, we got partnered up for sparring that one night. And I remember this was a day where he definitely picked on me at school. And I was st- that shit was still on my mind. And so uh, I'm getting partnered up against him. And this guy's a year older than me. So I'm a little bit worried about fighting him because uh, I was still getting into learning how to spar people, right? And Kenny's like giving me tips. And he's like, all right, man. So you got to beat this kid and we got to show him what's up because I I know what he does to you at school, right? And I was like, all right, man, Kenny, you're my fucking boy, bro. And he's like, yo, he's like, yo, so what happens is he's not going to see your kick coming if you do this fucking, I forget what it's called, but it's this kick where you just like, it's not a roundhouse where you're swinging your leg, but you just stick your leg out when he's coming to you. He's like, he's not going to see that shit coming. So uh, I want you to start using that, uh, that fucking straight kick when he comes at you. And I said, all right. And so literally me and him are sparring and we're throwing punches and shit and nobody's landing anything. And then he fucking comes at me and I just fucking kick him in the chest and knocks the wind out of him and he cries. Holy shit. Yeah. And so like that was one of my first major wins as a kid was just fucking beating my, my bully's ass in class, right? Uh, and I remember like after that, he always... Had he would try to like intimidate me in school, but I could tell low key he was a little bit afraid because of that kick. Yeah, but also I did the probably the most badass thing I've ever done, and I would probably never do anything as badass as this. But it was one of those karate kid like catching the fly with the chopstick moments. Uh, but I was trying to channel my inner fucking Power Rangers, yeah. and I was obsessed with the Green Ranger. And then I, I remember the Green Ranger eventually got evil and turned into the White Ranger, and I remember that shit. So I, I really liked the White Ranger, but the Red Ranger is my favorite, Tommy. Uh, was that his name, Tom? Yeah, Tommy. All right, cool. Uh, so. No, I think Tommy was a Green Ranger. Man, I forget. Well, no, I, it was Jason. Jason was a Red there, Ranger. Isn't there like a bunch of Power Rangers? I'm talking the original one from the 90s, bro. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so then, the Yellow Ranger was Asian. The Black Ranger was black. I mean, how cliche could you get, right? Anyway, so uh, Kimberly, I had a crush on Kimberly. She was my first ever crush. I was in first grade. It was Kimberly the Pink Ranger. And so when I was in first grade, my favorite color was pink. Dude, other story. <laughs> Back on track here. Where I remember uh, I'm like probably eight, nine years old. And Skyler, who's a year older than me, he's coming at me in school. And where I remember he was picking on a kid. And I said, hey, yo, stop picking on this fucking kid. And he goes, what you going to do about it? I said, stop picking on him. And he said, okay, okay. So I turn around and I walk off. And I knew in my head, I was like, my spidey senses are tingling. He's going to come up and try to hit me when I turn my back. So I turned around and I started walking. I took one step, two step, three step. And I turn around and I I just thought to myself, I'm going to catch his hand when he comes down to hit me. I turn around just like spidey senses. And sure enough, I catch his fucking hand in my hand. Fucking karate kid moment right there. Bro, I could just imagine that like in an anime. Like, oh, nani. Like just fucking the <laughs> white eyes. <laughs> I can't make that up. That actually happened. And I also beat his ass. So then the next person who is the hardest person to spar that nobody wanted to spar in class. Let me take a drink real quick. The karate instructor's daughter. Raquel was her name. 
This is like an episode of Mortal Kombat, bro. Like, dude, <laughs> next opponent. <laughs> For real. Yeah, Raquel. And I remember I was in a battle with her. And who was officiating the fight? Her father, who was the instructor. Cool dude. Great dude. Um, I would say a solid influence on my childhood as far as just mentality and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Raquel, uh, her, she was a badass, obviously, because her father is the fucking instructor. instructor. She went to my high school years later. She turned out to be super emo, but I think she's still a cool girl. And her brother, who was also in the class a couple years older, I think he turned out to be like some famous Hollywood actor. Um, yeah, like Mayher, something, Jared Mayher or something. I don't think he's big time, big time, but maybe like B-list, C-list type shit. Still not bad. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Raquel Mayher. Uh, uh, she... Uh, Fuck, I, I, fuck it. I don't care if I put her name out. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But um, we were in a battle, right? We were sparring, and she was landing a hit on me. I was landing a hit on her, and she ran it, landed a roundhouse kick that uh, I caught in my arm, and I was like, caught her in one leg, and then it opened her up to get hit, and it was a fucking battle. But then she got me again, and it kind of knocked the wind out of me, but I didn't show any pain. And then she comes at me, bro, and I fucking do the fucking sidekick straight to her chest, and bro, same, same thing. thing. Knock the wind out of her. Fight's over. K- TKO, bro. That's two TKOs in my fucking childhood. Um, and those were definitely that was definitely another major win for me. But uh, yeah, I think um, I don't know why I gave it up. So, anyways, going back on track, I think if I started fight sp- sparring again, I could get good. But I don't even want to enter. I don't That's want not to fight that you're interested. Yeah, in. I'm just not interested in that. Yeah. But are you gonna watch? Are you gonna watch the fight? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Bro, you want to make a bet on it? Okay. But but this to make it fair, the best two out of th- two out of the whoever gets two out of the three fights main card. Okay. So I know the Mike Tyson fight is there. I know the Jake Paul fight is there. What's another the one? Third of the third one. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me pull it up. Give me one sec. I guess I never even answered. I was like a politician. I skirted around it. I beat around the bush. About what? Oh, oh, oh yeah, win. that's true. Because again, Nate Robinson is super in shape. Jake Paul is also gotten in shape, but he's not professional basketball in shape. I'm just telling you. So I just know I have a feeling that Jake Paul, if he's if Nate Robinson can hang in for how how many rounds is it? It's only going to be like three rounds, huh? Is it? I I don't know like the the details. If it's a ten round fight and Nate Robinson gets him into round five. <laughs> Jake Paul's going to get tired. I just know. I just know. That's my prediction. Because Nate Robinson's just got basketball shape. I'm just saying. Uh, so you think he's just going to come in with that if endurance? He can, if he can come in and keep in the fight and not get knocked out, we would have a chance. But if Jake Paul comes in heavy and Nate doesn't know how to defend himself, it might get ugly fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For so, Nate Robinson. Uh, here it says... Oh, they're going six rounds. Okay. Six rounds, and then Mike Tyson is eight rounds. If Nate Robinson can last into round four, uh, I think Jake's going to start getting tired because that's exactly what happened to fucking Logan. Logan, both times, fucking exhausted round five. You know what I'm saying? So I just think Jake Paul is going to have the same type of energy. But do you think, like, do you think Logan trained as hard as Jake? 100%. Logan is probably trained harder than Jake. Really? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's mm. my opinion. I, I guess, my I guess we'll opinion. see. 
I guess yeah. we'll see. Because I was following those fights very closely. I'm a very, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate a lot about what Logan Paul does. And so I was definitely following it. And I think he was definitely training hard. I think Logan Paul is one of those guys who's a freak athlete uh, above Jake Paul, like like on another level. Just like a natural. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's That's, like a super freak athlete. But do Jack and Blaine something. Okay. So whoever can win two out of the three? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know who those other two people Me are, neither. so I will let you pick who you want, and I'll pick okay. the other person. Uh, I'm going to go, man, I'm going to go Nate Robinson. I'm going to go Jake. Yeah, you want that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go Mike Tyson. Oh, I guess I'll go the other guy. Okay, you didn't want Mike Tyson? It's good. Okay. <laughs> I think Mike Tyson's going to knock this motherfucker I, out. I really think so, too. So it's really on the last <laughs> his last fight. Yeah. But, I mean, then again, Roy, Roy Jones Jr. is a fucking dog. Yeah, but I just feel like, uh, but I, honestly, I think Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson is probably the greatest. <laughs> yeah. One of the greatest. Well, he well, actually, he can't be the greatest. I saw his ass fucking lose to Vander Holyfield and bite the ear off. I saw that fight. Not live. I watched the replay. And Mike Tyson's a bitch. He was fucking losing. And that's why he bit the fucking ear off. So, <laughs> but I think Mike Tyson, man, he's got some, he's got another level of just something to prove right now. Yeah. This, but this lightweight one that we're. But you might have Jake Paul. So there's, there's your There's ringer. that one, one. And that's what I'm saying. If it comes down to this. Yeah. And, and that last one's look. a toss up. Cause we don't know. I'll, I'll just go with Bado, Bado Jack. But Jack, let me see. The Ripper. Jack the Ripper, huh? With Jack a name like Ripper. that, you know he sucks. <laughs> I hope not. Vidal Riley's fighting? What? That's the guy who trained KSI. Ah. And uh, Logan would always attack or like make fun of Vidal Riley too for being a little pussy. Okay, so you want Jack Vidal. Looks like I'm getting Blake. The, the U.S. Army veteran. Oh, yeah. I'm going to win that shit. <laughs> what, what do you want to bet? Shave your head. Oh, you want it to? You don't want it to be cash. Oh, uh, it could be cash. Uh, shave your head. Why would I shave my head? You're more likely to shave your head. Just <laughs> you want to do it. Uh, uh. how about <laughs> how about next person buys the shrooms? <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Fair enough. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not really buying shrooms here. They're they're from the local market. Just yeah, like those, we're just portobellos. Portobellos. You buy me portobello mushrooms. Yeah. Mix it up. And you want to god dose it up? Mm. Five grams each. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we should go to Sedona or something. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, you're buying because <laughs> if I'm if I'm winning. If yeah. And vice versa. Vice versa, exactly. Okay. Oh, this is going to be interesting. All right. All right. Well, on that note, look forward to the the Kate podcast, my girl, with her famous, her her intriguing idea that she brought up. And we'll see you guys next time. Hope you enjoyed. Peace out. Peace.